Letter 117 of Letters of John Keats to His Family and Friends, edited by Sidney Colvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. To John Hamilton Reynolds, Winchester, September 22nd, 1819. My dear Reynolds, I was very glad to hear from Woodhouse that you would meet in the country. I hope you will pass some pleasant time together, which I wish to make pleasanter by a brace of letters, very highly to be estimated, as really I have had very bad luck with this sort of game this season. I keep in, in solitariness, for Brown has gone a-visiting. I am surprised myself at the pleasure I live alone in. I can give you no news of the place here, or any other idea of it, but what I have to this effect written to George. Yesterday, I say to him, was a grand day for Winchester. They elected a mayor. It was indeed high time the place should receive some sort of excitement. There was nothing going on, all asleep, not an old maid sedan returning from a card party, and if any old woman got tipsy at christenings, they did not expose it in the streets. The first night, though, of our arrival here, there was a slight uproar took place at around ten of the clock. We heard distinctly a noise pattering down the high street as of a walking cane of a good old dowager breed, and a little minute after we heard a less voice observe, what a noise the feral made it must be loose brown wanted to call the constables but i observed twas only a little breeze and would soon pass over the side streets here are excessively maiden lady-like the door-steps always fresh from the flannel the knockers have a staid serious nay almost awful quietness about them i never saw so quiet a collection of lions and rams heads the doors are most part black with a little brass handle just above the keyhole, so that in Winchester a man may very quietly shut himself out of his own house. How beautiful the season is now, how fine the air, a temperate sharpness about it, really without joking chaste weather, Diane skies, I never liked stubble fields so much as now, I better than the chilly green of the spring. Somehow a stubble field looks warm, in the same way that some pictures look warm this struck me so much in my sunday's walk that i composed upon it footnote the beautiful ode to autumn the draft of which keats had copied in a letter unluckily not preserved written earlier in the same day to woodhouse End footnote. i hope you are better employed than in gaping after weather i have been at different times so happy as not to know what weather it was no i will not copy a parcel of verses I always somehow associate Chatterton with Autumn. He is the purest writer in the English language. He has no French idiom or particles like Chaucer. Tis genuine English idiom in English words. I have given up Hyperion. There were too many Miltonic inversions in it. Miltonic verse cannot be written but in an artful or rather artist's humor. I wish to give myself up to other sensations. English ought to be kept up. It may be interesting to you to pick out some lines from Hyperion, and put a mark X to the false beauty proceeding from art, and one pipe to the true voice of feeling. Upon my soul t'was imagination, I cannot make the distinction. Every now and then there is a Miltonic intonation, but I cannot make the division properly. The fact is, I must take a walk, for I am writing a long letter to George, and have been employed at it all the morning. You will ask, have I heard from George? I am sorry to say, not the best news. I hope for better. 
this is the reason among others that if i write to you it must be in such a scrap-like way i have no meridian to date interests from or measure circumstances to-night i am all in a mist i scarcely know what's what but you knowing my unsteady and vigorous disposition will guess that all this turmoil will be settled by to-morrow morning it strikes me to-night that i have led a very odd sort of life for the two or three last years here and there no anchor i am glad of it if you can get a peep at babacombe before you leave the country do i think it the finest place i have seen or is to be seen in the south there is a cottage there i took warm water at that made up for the tea i have lately shirked some friends of ours and i advise you to do the same i mean the blue devils i am never at home to them you need not fear them while you remain in devonshire there will be some of the family waiting for you at the coach office but go by another coach i shall beg leave to have a third opinion in the first discussion you have with woodhouse just halfway between both you know i will not give up my argument in my walk to-day i stooped under a railing that lay across my path and asked myself why i did not get over because answered i no one wanted to force you under i would give a guinea to be a reasonable man good sound sense a says what he thinks and does what he says man and did not take snuff they say men near death however mad they may have been come to their senses i hope i shall hear in this letter there is a decent space to be very sensible in many a good proverb has been in less nay i have heard of the statutes at large being changed into the statutes at small and printed for a watch-paper your sisters by this time must have got the devonshire ease short ease you know em they are the prettiest ease in the language oh how i admire the middle-sized delicate devonshire girls of about fifteen there was one at an indoor holding a quadern of brandy the very thought of her kept me warm a whole stage and a sixteen-miler too you'll pardon me for being jocular ever your affectionate friend john keats end of letter one hundred seventeen